Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And the clinic is open. Good morning, everybody. Jeff Kowal is your host. Jeff is president, of course, of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And Jeff is here right next to me. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm ready for a good show. We are live. We're on WISN right now. And, of course, WIBA in Madison as well. Uh, welcome to the show if you're listening to WIBA. Locations, world headquarters for the Kowal Investment Group in Waukesha. Jeff, in addition, you've added a Port Washington office, Madison, Middleton, yep, Phoenix, Arizona, and your latest move was to Racine. You may have seen the big sign along the freeway. You can't right. really miss that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a great location, uh, five locations for us now. Um, uh, but the world headquarters is in Waukesha. And really, can, each location is very convenient if you're in Brookfield, Milwaukee, uh, Lake Country, Racine, Mequon-Thienesville, all over the country. Uh, uh, southeastern Wisconsin, and of course in Phoenix as well. Um, if you have $750,000 or more, close to already in retirement, the Kowal Investment Group is for you. We take our responsibility seriously with helping you with your retirement investment planning, manage about a billion dollars of assets for our clients. But with, most a B, with a B. With a B, yes. That's a lot of money, Jeff. Yeah, and it's... Uh, and we we take care of our clients uh, as best we can, and we will look out for things in the future. And we're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus and your retirement plan. That's, uh, so we're going to talk about that today. The thing is, Jeff, the market's been so bullish for so long that we tend to probably almost expect it to keep on going up. You know, and when something happens like the virus, or it, maybe it's impeachment, or whatever happens, and you see the Dow down five hundred, six hundred points. You can either A, do nothing, be complacent, or B, you can overreact to that news. That's right. And you don't want to do that. It's interesting. As the impeachment was going on, the markets went up. I know. And the coronavirus was driven by a couple of stocks in particular. Airline? Chevron, airline stocks. Yep. Um, so, and those may be good buying opportunities right now because the market is still strong. The economy is still very strong. There was a doctor yesterday interviewed on our news by Dave Michaels from Freightert who said, he asked her this, how concerned in Wisconsin should I be about the coronavirus? And she paused and said, honestly, zero to 1% tops. I'd be more concerned about catching the flu yeah. than the, or, or bad cold and bronchitis or something than the coronavirus. Everything is overhyped. And I don't want to minimize but what's going on in China. It's horrible, Jeff. But we tend to overreact to news stories because of the 24-7 cycle that we're in. Well, it's interesting that you would say that because I have a list of... I, the Victor Davis Hanson article, and I, I know that Jay, that Jay uses some, and I, I think... Um, a Belling does a, Belling a lot. What, what a great column he has. But there's a great column he wrote about uh, things that had happened in the past. And I think that wasn't necessarily the purpose of it, but I reflected back on these things, and I've been at this long enough that I remember some of the things that he was talking about. You mean other, other viruses? The, well, the coronavirus, other things. Uh, like the uh, the Russians were going to take over the world because they were said that Khrushchev said he was going to bury us, so then uh, you know we were going to be subservient to to Russia. There are a number of things. I'll go through a couple of things in that article. Oh, that's Let's, interesting. Yeah, it's really. Good. I thought you were getting to remember the the swine, the H one N one, the bird, yep. all of that stuff. SARS, SARS yep. was the most yep. most recent. So again, not to minimize it, obviously it it's awful and it's tragic, but how 
does it really, is it going to affect us? And I don't, I think they're still kind of figuring this out, Jeff, but it does affect markets and markets move because investors are like sheep. Am I correct? At times. And that's where guys like you come in to kind of, okay, here's what we need to do. But there's also that FOMO, fear of missing out. And and that's uh, also been driving the markets lately. But it's been they've been right. This this herd mentality of the markets going up, really uh, the fundamentals are good. And that's why. Low interest rates. And that was just reconfirmed again this week. Relatively low oil prices. Companies are making money. Full employment. Wages are going up. All kinds of things in the market are doing very well. That it makes sense that you would you would want to participate as the, as the economy is doing well and the markets are going up. Okay, Jeff, we're going to start the show officially by opening up phone lines for the retirement clinic, and we'll give you all the website, phone number, all the social media. They're all over Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, but right now, we want your phone calls, and uh, we have been promoting the Milwaukee Nary Show. WISN is a great partnership with Nary. It's two weeks away. And uh, it's the spring show to get you in the right mood. We're going to give you tickets uh, like we did the last hour to every caller that has a question. And those are courtesy of our good friends at Nary. And, of course, Jeff Kowal. So if you call the show today with a retirement question, we're going to get your name and address in if you want them. If you don't want them, tell Spencer and we'll just answer your question. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, open, wide open. You can get through now might be your best chance to get through at 799-1130. 414-799-1130. Jeff, we address all retirement issues. Sometimes people call in with the basic questions, pretty yep. advanced ones as well. We'll welcome all of those. And by way of background, Jeff and his staff are the people you hear doing the market reports Monday through Friday. That's right. 3 o'clock news block, 5 o'clock news block during the Mark Belling late afternoon show on WISM Milwaukee and on WIBA in Madison, 455 on the Vicki McKenna show. So we were on there today on, on WIBA in Madison, Monday through Friday uh, at 455. So 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks, we try, to, and, uh, we try to give you one minute on what's going on in the market that day. Is it driven by a coronavirus, as an example? Corporate earnings, government report. What's driving the market? What's affecting your retirement and, and investment accounts that particular day? We wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P, 500 uh, and uh, tech heavy NASDAQ all in one minute. Myself, Aaron Kowal, Aaron Spitzner, Joe. Uh, Marie, John, Christine Hayward, Christine Hayward. She did them yesterday. Yeah, she's yeah, she does a nice job with that. Uh, all of them do. Um, uh, from the Cowal Investment Group. So tune in three o'clock news block, five o'clock news block. WISN Milwaukee during the Mark Belling show, and then at four fifty-five in uh, Madison, the WIBA during the Vicky McKenna show. <laughs> so impeachment talk, and it moves to the Senate for the trial, and uh, uh, looks like an acquittal uh, by Wednesday, Jeff. And barely anything happens. The coronavirus and everything goes crazy. Well, there's there's reason for the coronavirus to affect it. This is an update from Yahoo Finance. Uh, Angelique Kemlani is the reporter that did it. It said the public uh, coronavirus update, U.S. declares health emergency as United Delta Arab American halt China flights. Uh, so there is a, a big concern in the world uh, uh, following the World Health Organization's characterizing the virus spread as a growing list, uh, growing risk, U.S. warning came a day after it issued a travel advisory to China. Multiple airlines have sharply curtailed or suspended flights. Uh, and again, that's that's where you get the drop in the airline stock. Uh, uh, but again, they'll, they'll eventually resume service to China. Uh, the U.S. also slapped mandatory travel and quarantine restrictions on American and foreign nationals. 
They have recently visited China. Uh, on Friday, you, uh, they, they all announced plans to spend, the, all the airlines did. Uh, though it's not as deadly as the SARS outbreak, that's what we talked about before, the coronavirus has outpaced the 2002-2003 spread of, of SARS, uh, who uh, World Health Organization officials say 99% of the cases are contained in mainland China. Uh, so that was that was the first thing. It's also not a death sentence, right? You can get this virus it's and probably not unlike the flu. And I don't, I'm not trying to minimize it. Correct. But the elderly, those that are sickly, are more susceptible to dying from it. Yes, younger than, patients, than older, and those with compromised immune systems. Correct. At least that's what the physicians are saying. So you're right; it's similar to the flu. But boy, people see this on the news, Jeff, and it's you, you know. Shockwaves go across well, the country. Well, and it's hyped by the media as well. Is it safe I mean, to travel? The didn't do it, so let's try the right. coronavirus. <laughs> right. So the, the, this is a Barron's article that came out. Recession, correction, question mark. Coronavirus isn't likely to cause either. So it says if you're a bear that says that you're expecting the market to go bad, the escalating coronavirus outbreak lends itself to the argument that the U.S. economy might finally tip into recession and the stock market might finally correct. Um, So the markets were off 600 points yesterday. But some prognosticators have been saying they would take a shock to meaningfully push the U.S. economy down and the market lower this year. It's too soon and probably not right to say that the fast-moving epidemic is going to do it. We know that from history, since World War II, on average, every 18 months, the market corrects. Um, and correction is between the market going down, the, the S&P 500 going down between 10% and 20%. Every year and a half, it goes down yep. between, on average. On average. And on average, it takes four months to recover. That's how it could do it every 18 months because it recovers fairly quickly. But a lot of times there's something. It could be a media report. It could be a coronavirus that triggers it to start the the downturn. Doesn't mean that this is going to be it, but it could be. And usually that's an excuse for for people who've made a a nice deal of money to take some profits off the table. Investors don't like uncertainty. We hear that all the time, Right. Right. You just don't know where this virus is going. Is it going to just kind of slowly go away and they figure it out? Or is it going to explode? We just don't know. This I thought was pretty interesting, Paul. You know, some of the companies are closing down. Starbucks has closed down all of its stores. Uh, or 4,300 stores in China. McDonald's, um, Yum China Holdings, uh, Burger King, things like that have closed down, have similarly closed stores. The the economy grew by 2.1% last year. That's our GDP. Our economy. Yes. It says to go from having an impact on companies to hurting the broader U.S. economy, though, would take a lot more. It would take a loss of $22 billion in economic uh, activity for the U.S. GDP to drop by 0.1%. Just 0.1%. And just, just to put that into perspective, Starbucks China stores would be, have to be closed for 880 weeks to have an effect of 0.1%. On our economy. Yeah, so that now means... their economy like, is... It would have to be closed for like 12 years. Which isn't going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to be, it's gonna so be closed here's, for two weeks. We've got to put this in perspective. That's our economy. What about them? What about China? This has got to be well, it killing is, their, it their, is their business. And that's why they're saying that this is going to have a global impact on because of all the, the, the trade with China and they're big, big producers of a lot of things. And I think it is going to have a short-term effect on it. Yeah. 
Short term. Not a long term. I, I think that's important to mention. And the airlines throw on. Just imagine all these flights that were going out, all that money, all of a sudden just stops. Yes. All the Starbucks, all the McDonald's just stops. But it's not just what we were talking about before. It's not like those Starbucks and McDonald's are going to reopen. There's a big demand for it. Two weeks and those things are going to be open all over again. It'll be business as usual. Two weeks, three weeks. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to take that long. Right. Uh, but, but who knows? I'm not a Well, another example is the cruise ship. The cruise ship that's in Italy. There yeah. was one passenger that had quote-unquote symptoms. So the 6,000 passengers that were all quarantined and had to stay in the ship. Now, first off, We've all been in, Jeff, you have taken cruises. I've taken cruises. I wouldn't mind being on that ship for an extra week. Force me to be there for another week. Well, i got to go eat some more and drink some more and sit in the sun. Uh, and, and yeah. again, not to minimize it, but she had symptoms of this. So they're taking it very seriously. Yes. Now, orig- originally the Chinese government, not to get all political here, but this was in the news, Jeff, uh, we're a little bit slow on reporting the facts. Well, it's, it's typical for for that country isn't it communism yeah communist countries are typical with with uh uh being slow to do that uh nonetheless again i think that with the um uh, effect on it is short term maybe a buying opportunity actually uh with with the way the markets have reacted to it recently jeff on the retirement clinic we take phone calls i see people are lining up we do have to sneak in a quick break we're going to do that first we've got the sexy segment in this hour we talk about wealth management and preservation if you want to talk about what we mentioned it's on everybody everybody's talking about it around the dinner table right in conversation at the workplace the coronavirus i said something dumb to my wife the other day and then she thought, maybe it's not so stupid. I said, how'd you like to pe- be the people that work in marketing and PR for Corona beer? Yeah. Did you see the one meme that said they're going to change it to Ebola? <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> they are going around the social media like crazy. Or, or I mean, it with Lyme's disease, with Lyme. Oh, my God. I saw that one, too. You're right. But it makes no sense. Yeah. It's, but the name Corona. You know, you go on the bar, hey. Paul, you want a Corona? I think I'll pass. Right. So it's just that whole plant that seed in the back of your mind. You hear that name. Poor people at Corona. Yeah. So we'll take a break. Uh, If you're on hold, stay there. In just minutes, we'll start uh, answering your questions. In addition, if you tuned in late, every caller to the show today gets a pair of those Milwaukee Nary Home Improvement Show tickets. It's the biggest show of the year and one of the biggest in the country. And it starts in two weeks, February 14th at State Fair Park. You've got to call in with a question. Tell Spencer if you want the tickets. We'll get you information. We're mailing that stuff out to you. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line for Jeff Kowal's Retirement Clinic is 799-1130. We'll be right back on WISN and WIBA. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. There are many issues that can come up in a family business. Here we'll address a few that are very common in multi-generational family businesses. A key driver is that young generations need to want to be in the business. Different generations have various views on how business should be run or what products and services should be offered, and family businesses do not have policies and procedures in place to address problems. Family business owners don't know that these can be problems or may may not be aware that they are issues. Many times they've only worked in their business or in their industry and may not be aware that there are solutions to problems that they don't know they have. Be proactive and address any involvement by the younger generation in the business. A friend of mine owns his third-generation family business. He wanted to be in the business but was waiting for his father to talk to him about joining the business. Dad wanted him to join the business but was waiting for his son to ask or to mention it. 
Having a conversation is important to establish this crucial element. Different generations have different views on how the business should be run, so having a document that can help guide decisions is important. When the different generations' basic needs for safety, belonging, and mattering are addressed and then spelled out, it can really be an easier way of calming rough seas and a way to fall back on how decisions are made. Important to be spelled out are policies and procedures to address who handles what aspects of the business. Co-CEOs are rarely successful, and there needs to be divisions of labor and well-documented duties to minimize toes being stepped on and allow the generations to do what they feel they are best at and enjoy doing. There will always be friction in family business. All these problems and solutions go back to communication. If the right communication is there, then the greatest chance for harmony in the business will exist. Aaron Kowal with today's Boss Minute. Now, we do this every week, Jeff, business owner savings and security. Your business is many times your retirement plan. That's right. And Aaron talks about week after week that you can't um, have that as you well, – as you only, it's not a good idea. I should rephrase this. It's not a, a bad idea to be more diversified and not have it the, the only source of your income in retirement. It could be that it's going to turn out fantastic and you're going to be able to sell your business, take enough money off it, live off of it for the rest of your life. That's outstanding and it's, it's possible. But it's not a bad idea to also diversify, have money in retirement plans, make sure your planning is in order, make sure you have your succession plan in place, which if we get a chance, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. So those are the other types of things that you need to pay attention to. Uh, for most of us, business owners, it is an obsession to make sure that our business is doing well. And a lot of times we ignore the other parts of the planning. So well, make sure that you do. And that's what Aaron talks about week in, week out. And that's what we do at our office. It's your life. You pour your heart, that's your, right. everything you have into your business. So much emotion involved, but you cannot forget about your future and your nest egg, Jeff. That was a good segment by Aaron. And now it's time to go to the phones here on WISN and WIBA, the retirement clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group. Yes, we are giving you tickets to that home improvement show. If you call in with a question, we're going to go to Menominee Falls. Sue, good morning. How are you? Hi, Sue. Hi, good, good. Uh, So I have a question about my pension. Um, I took an accelerated pension. I retired when I was 58. And I have a 403B. Um, I saved some money, and my husband and I saved money in our IRAs and a Roth IRA. And with taking an accelerated pension, it's going to reduce down when I turn 62. Yep. So I'm wondering whether I should take Social Security or whether I should try to draw from other sources. That's a good question. Uh, just to uh, uh, back up a little bit, when you, when you take an accelerated pension, what that means for our audience is that uh, you take a little bit higher amount when you retire at age 58, and then it drops down. Let's say that your Social Security at age, let's say your pension is $3,000 a month. Uh, from 58 to 62. At 62, your pension drops down to $1,800 a month because your Social Security is expected to be $1,200 a month. So your pension continues at $1,800. Your your Social Security is at $1,200. That's that's where you have the accelerated pension where it's integrated with Social Security. Question is, now, you don't have to take your Social Security at 62 if you don't want to. You can wait for a later age. I think the, the, and I don't know your entire situation. If you want to give our office a call, we we can go into more detail. But the fact that you already have a pension, uh, if, if the Social Security were, were your only source of income, I'd say maybe take a look at delaying it. Uh, but if your other option is to take money from your 403Bs, your IRAs, your other retirement plan, other assets, I'm saying use the government's money. 
Because if you wait till full retirement age at 67, so instead of taking it at age 62, you wait till age 67 as an example, it would take you 144 months or 12 years just to break even with no interest. With interest, it would take you till your mid-80s, about age 84 to break even. I'm saying that okay. I'd rather grab the income that I can get from the government, preserve the other assets either for yourself, for travel or other things, or that you can give on to the next generation. Those assets you can give to somebody else eventually when you pass away. Social Security, you can't. I'd grab the Social Security. Okay. And can we take it at any time between 62 and 67? Like yes. I would decide, okay. Yep, it increases each month. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, thank you so much. Good question, Sue. Sue. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, don't go anywhere. I'll put you on hold, Sue, so we can get your information. We're sending those tickets out. And if you've got a question right now, is a great time because in the second half of the show, we've got the wealth management and preservation. We call it the sexy segment coming up. Lines are open right now. We go to Matt in Heartland. Uh, Matt, you're on WISN's and WIBA. It's the Retirement Clinic. Good morning, Matt. Hi, Matt. Good morning. Uh, I know this is almost going to sound silly, but I've been dealing with this, and I know friends of mine have done the same for a long time. We've got cash sitting in the bank, which is a beautiful thing, and it's a fair amount of money earning virtually nothing. Ah. But every time you want to jump in, something happens, right? You know, now we've got a virus, or we got impeachment, or God knows what it was in the past. And also, you'd mentioned earlier, and this is this is the scary part for my wife and I is this is usually we have an 18 month on average, you know, things are going well and then there's a correction. We really haven't had a correction. Right. And, right. So that's what makes you so it's like, when do you get in? Because right now I'm sitting on money doing really almost absolutely nothing. This is but your timing of this question is perfect. You know, we have a big drop in the market now. It's yeah. not 10 percent. But if you wait for the best time to get in, you'll be waiting forever because I have an article I'm going to go through in a little bit that talks about the other things. But if you're still, but if you want to hedge your bet a little bit, what I would do is if you have a large amount of money, I'd put in, and you don't have to go 100% in stocks. You can go into balance funds. You can have, uh, you know, I'd probably lean more towards, how old are you, Matt? 58. Okay. I'd still lean more towards 65% in stocks. But you can put in 40% now and then do 20% over the next three months. So you have 40% in. If if this is a little bit of a downturn in the market, the market goes up, you're going to look really smart because you put 40% of your money in and you bought at a discount. If the market goes down further, you'll be putting 20% in over the next three months, so you'll be buying at a discount over the next three months. It's called dollar, dollar cost averaging. It's a modified version of that. That's how I would ease back in. I'm not sure that I would wait. I think the economy is good. And if you do it that way, you're a little bit more careful in how you invest it. So if you had 100000 dollars to invest i'd probably put in forty thousand dollars this month twenty thousand a month for the next three months everybody's situation is different so you know you have to look at it in a little bit more detail than that but i don't think that that's a bad strategy to use for somebody who's sitting on the sidelines now now with that the other thing i, I tend to get a text i must get one every single day about uh, annuities you know guaranteed seven percent guaranteed seven percent wow why is there such a push on on that well, because it's what you hear is is exactly what they want you to hear. It's not guaranteed 7% growth. It's guaranteed 7% income. So that means that if 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 you if you gave up your money to the insurance company and you they'll pay you 7% income on it. That means it would take you 14 years to get your money back. That's what oh. they mean by 7% guaranteed. It's a 7% guaranteed income. An annuity is a product 
right? Yeah, yeah. In, in some cases, it's re- it's it's good for people who don't have pensions, um, who are worried about the markets and want some guaranteed income. Not a bad way to go, but don't get caught up. And typically, when they give you that type of guarantee, they may even have 12 to 15 years of surrender charges, where you say, wait a second, I thought this was a guaranteed 7%. I put in $100,000. I'd like $107,000 back, please. They say, oh, no, no, no. You have to be in that for for, um, for 12 to 15 years. So the surrender charge is that long that you can't, once you're in it, you can't get out of it. Some of the annuities oh, that, are good. That's excellent. Yeah, okay, I did not know that. Some of the annuities that we do have uh, four-year surrender charges, five-year surrender charges. I think that that's a better way to go, and tip. And it's not for everybody. And I w- certainly wouldn't put all your money into it. Excellent. Thank you very, very much. That all right. Thanks for the call, Matt. Appreciate it, Matt. I'll put you on hold if you uh, want to talk to Spencer and get those tickets. And we'll keep phone lines open. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line for Jeff Kowal's Retirement Clinic is 414-799-1130. You've been itching to get to this, Victor David I do. I want to talk about lump sum pensions, too. But today, but I also, this is just a great article. And, Paul, the uh, the sexy segment, the wealth management and preservation segment, this one's for you. My daughter has been chiding me f- for frivolously spending her inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you. Your daughters are going to rag at you if you do a lot of vacation. Okay, now so. listen. I just spent a lot of money on my daughter's own wedding. Oh, there you go. So that was her gift, the wedding gift, right? Yeah, it's for, for, that, for that's, now. And that's her inheritance. That's for now, Paul. Right. 20, 30 <laughs> years from now. It'll be a different story. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's this okay. Is, so this is about inheritance? No, no, no. That's a set, the wealth management preservation. Coming up later. This is Victor Davis Hanson. The title of it, it says, Woke Elites Love to Point Fingers. Always consider the source of their outrage. Oh, I'm getting sick of the term woke. Yep. That but, is really driving, usually, aggravating me. And what he say, it's directed towards the Western elites. They use, it, they use that to condemn people who don't agree with them. Uh, that's the exactly culture. right. Um, and, and he says the Victor Davis Hanson, uh, great, great thinker. I think my colleague at the Hoover Institute, um, Niall Ferguson has pointed out that Swedish green teen celebrity, Greta Thunberg, do you have that little thing that's, you know, uh, how dare you? Right, right. That, that thing has gone uh, viral, viral. And that Jay uses it all the time. How, how dare, dare you? you? <laughs> And then when she doesn't have her script, she has nothing right, to say. Fifteen-year-old kid who's been trained us. and told what to say it might be more effective in her advocacy for reducing carbon emissions by redirecting her animus instead of hectoring Europeans and Americans who have recently achieved the planet's most dramatic drops in use of fossil fuels. Thunberg might instead turn her attention to China and India to offer her "how dare you" complaints to get their leaders to curb carbon emissions. But it goes on to these, to, the article goes on, it says the world continues to spew dangerous levels of carbon. Um, and a lot of that comes from China and India. But we've been talking, we've, we've heard about things in the past. And it's usually the, 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 the Western elites are always uh, uh, saying that our kind of, our capitalism is bad, it's not going to survive. And Victor Davis Hansen says in the late 50s, many elites in the U.S. bought the Soviet Union line that the march of global communism would bury the West. I don't know if you remember. I remember when I was a kid, Khrushchev pounding his 
Uh, and I remember my parents watching that. And, and well, saying, you are going to bury you. Remember the whole hiding shoe uh, at the union. At the, uh, school kids had to do the, the drill hiding under oh, the yeah. desk and the yep. Bay of Pigs, and things got. Uh, and that didn't work out well for those uh, communists. That's, that's where this article goes. It says then Soviet power eroded in the eighties. Then Japan was the one that was going to be the next. That was the ascendant model. A state-sponsored industry became the preferred alternative. Everybody was saying that the new standard is going to be the yen. That's the the currency. Uh, and it's going to bury Western-style d- democratic capitalism. Once Japan e- economy ossified, I had to look that up to make sure it ceased developing. <laughs> the new utopia of the 90s was supposedly the emerging European Union. Americans were supposed to be awed by the euro, gain ground on the dollar. <clears throat> Europe's borderless democratic socialism and soft power were declared preferable to the reactionary U.S. Again, we heard... The euro is a strong currency. A lot of things in the in the world are, are dollar denominated. Oil prices, as an example, are dollar. And they said, no, the euro is going to be the new currency. Well, by 2015, the euro, the European Union was a mess. So China was preordained as the inevitable global superpower. The yuan was going to be the dominant currency. So we've gone from the yen to the euro to the now the yuan is going to be the and. Uh, as it's going to be the inevitable global superpower, American intellectuals pointed to its high-speed rail transportation, solar industries, and gleaming airports in contrast to the hollowed-out and grubby American heartland. So every time they're saying that something, and this is Vic David Hansen, but he says uh, uh, the Soviet Union, Japan, European Union, Chinese superpower, no one quite knows which alternative will be next uh, that's supposedly going to bury America. And then just a few weeks ago, you had Tim Cook saying that this is the strongest economy in the world. Ours, America. Ours is the U.S. economy. And don't feel guilty about it. You know, the whole, you know, the, it's the elitist, Jeff. It's Hollywood. It's um, I'm going to leave the country if Trump wins again. By the way, bye. Ashley Judd, <laughs> share Madonna. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see you later. Uh, if you want to leave, go. If it's so good, leave. But they don't. They don't well, they because they know they love America. Yeah, they're not. They're not yelling at China. China is detaining a, a million Muslims uh, in re-education camps. Homosexuality is a criminal crime in Iran. Thousands have been executed. Uh, United Nations Human Rights Council says nothing about those, but yet the Westerners are always supposed to be uh, blasted for that and not yeah. say it. it's always directed towards us. Look at the environmental regulations that a lot, a lot Trump has deregulated a lot of it, Jeff, which of course a lot of people don't like. But it's not just us it, creating pollution on the planet. You got to think about it. There's, look at China. Look at the smog. There's there's one last thing that he brings up that I thought was really. Uh, Great, and we know what's going on in San Francisco and California. And he he finishes his article by saying, "Well, the westerns are elites are perpetually aggrieved, but it's much easier for a city of Berkeley Berkeley to ban clean burning U.S. produced natural gas in newly constructed buildings than it is to outlaw far dirtier crude oil from Saudi Arabia. Currently, the sexist, homophobic, autocratic Saudis are the largest source of imported oil in California." So they don't want to. Uh, they only use U.S. oil, that, you know, because it's U.S. companies. They don't want to support them because they're dirtying the planet. So let's support Instead, the Saudis. They're buying, they're buying it a uh, hundred million bar- barrels a year. Uh, it's hypocrites. And apparently, outlawing clean domestic natural gas allows one to justify importing 
unclean Saudi oil. I just thought that that was an interesting article. All the things that they had talked about in the past, all the things that were going to supplant U.S. dominance, really have fallen by the wayside time and time again. A great so column how's, again. How does it affect your retirement planning? Don't buy into the SARS virus, the the uh, coronavirus. Uh, don't buy into the latest thing that's going to be uh, talking about. It's going to destroy the U.S. economy. The economy, the U.S. economy, is still very strong. Your retirement, your investment plans are still going to be very and, good. And you're not belittling the coronavirus and the damage it's Absolutely done in China not, no. or or anything else. It's just you you know you started the, that column with the term woke, and from there I just <laughs> I perked up right away. What is woke? If you don't know, it's an adjective, and it's ba- it's basically a political term of origin that refers to perceived awareness of issues concerning social justice and racial justice. We've been hearing hearing it during Trump's term a lot by the left and it's just aggravating. It's I, yeah. I just get rid of that word, get rid of it. And I'd be good I'd luck. Be okay. yeah. yeah, good luck. Uh so let's come and another one is narrative. That that's a big one. We're we're driving this narrative. They all every week it's oh, yeah. yeah, it's impeachment now, Jeff, it was Russian collusion. There's always a new narrative. Yep. And believe me, if the acquittal happens on Wednesday like it looks like it's going to happen in the Senate trial, they're going to come up with something. It's not going to stop, right? It's not going to stop. So get used to it and just I guess Deal with it. The world is not coming to an end. In, the, in fact, quite the opposite. We're doing pretty good, job. Yeah, and the U.S. economy is still really strong. That's a, That was a great column. Okay, we've got more coming up. In fact, you alluded to it, Jeff. The sexy segment is next. We'll take a quick break. That's about a wealth management and preservation. We do it every week here on the Retirement Clinic. We are joined by your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group. They are Barron's top financial advisors. Now the last... Six years. Six straight years, I believe, right. Jeff. You've made that. Right. Financial Times top 400 advisors. Milwaukee Biz Times future 50. Aaron made the Forbes list of top 500 next generation wealth advisors. That's your son, Aaron Kowal. That's right. And, of course, he made the Forbes list of top advisors in Wisconsin as well. You can find him on the web at thekowalway.com. K-O-W-A-L. Thekowalway.com. Okay, quick break. The Retirement Clinic, back after this. All right, we are back with the sexy segment, hence the music, here in WISN and WIBA. It's about wealth uh, management and preservation. Uh, That's the background of it. But, Jeff, each week you have a different topic for us. That's right. This show is for everybody, but this particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Once you've accumulated some wealth, you have a different set of problems, uh, more generally more complex. And you know, if you have five hundred thousand dollar home, if you have five hundred thousand dollars in your retirement plan, you're at a million dollars. If you have other investments, if you own other properties, if you own your own business, if you get inheritance, um, you may be at five million, ten million, twenty million dollars or more. This segment is for you, and the Cobalt Investment Group is for you as well. But I thought you'd like this one, Paul. This You like horror stories. <laughs> I do. Or things, or things that went wrong. I don't know why. Just like, I don't know why that is. But you like, give me the worst case scenario is what yeah, well, I this, this is um, This is great. This is a Market Watch article. Um, it says, my daughter has been chiding me for frivolously spending her inheritance. <laughs> now she won't speak to me. Isn't that yeah, awesome? Like for real? Yeah. I mean, yeah, see, to me, that's going too far. First yeah. off, it's it's the parents' money, and I'm sure you're going to get to this. Yeah. 
My financial advisor assures me that if I live within my current budget, I'll still have a million dollars in savings at age 100. But the, the problem is my husband and I have five children. Two are mine from a previous marriage. Three are his. We raised all the children together and refer to each of them as our siblings. They refer to each other as siblings. I consider them all my children. They're now in their 50s. My husband passed away three years ago. I'm relatively healthy for my age, financially secure, and have full mental capacity. Lately, one of my daughters has been chiding me for frivolously spending her inheritance and her siblings' inheritance. I think none of it's any of her business. So sadly, told her that to her face. Now she won't speak to me. Now, the other siblings aren't involved, apparently. It's just They're, the one daughter. No, right. Uh, our most heated discussion to date stemmed from her asking me how her sister, Brenda, could afford to send her children to science camp this summer. I explained I was paying for it mm. because I thought it was a good opportunity for my grandchildren to have a nice break and a nice break for my granddaughter and son-in-law. Good for him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good exposure to them, to the sciences, but they also, there is also, um, uh, she works, the, the, the daughter that they're helping, uh, is a full-time mom, works part-time and the sister resents that. She said, why are you giving her money? That's part of my inheritance you're giving. Her. This, you, you cite this all the time with families and how it can really destroy families yeah. and break them up. And that's right. And it doesn't have to be a million dollars. It can be 50 cents. It could be anything. But yeah. It's, it, yeah, I, we've, we just say it for $5,000, $10,000, families broken apart for relatively and, and small And petty, months. very petty you know, things. Not, yeah, not that it's a small amount, but that's relatively small amount. Uh, I do not have many expenses. My occasional, occasionally travel with friends. I have Medicare, supplemental insurance. Long, I pay for long-term care. And he says, what, but what can I do to build bridges with my daughter? She says, bravo, you've appeared to have done a pretty good job already. Usually tense moments such as the one you described with your daughter don't occur in a vacuum. And I think that's probably a good observation. If your daughter was not upset about how you chose to spend your money, she would likely be concerned about something else. In other words, her belief may be that she's overlooked and maybe have has a deeper resentment something else. That's a good point. And the fact that she's chatting her dad, does she think that's going to help Yeah, her cause? Or and heard it. I think, you know, it says, invite her to lunch. Tell her that you know she's coming to, that she's coming from a good place and her intentions are good. Uh, even if you feel like some of her intentions were based on her own self-interest, at least tell her that, okay, you're concerned about me. Maybe I'll run out of money. Um, you know, and it, he says, and I thought this was a good thing too. Write her a letter, write it in person, put a stamp on it. You know, sign it. So she's, he says, walking a, mail, a letter over to the mailbox has a greater impact as well if you want to mend things with the family. You can also call a family meeting, which I don't think is a bad idea, to inform your children of your plans for your retirement and say how you appreciate everyone and how you want to make sure that they're both solvent for long-term care, but that you are under no, under no obligation to tell your children how much they might inherit a, upon your passing. It's really none of their business. And yet it kind of is, right? Well, you don't want to – it causes friction because she sees you're doing uh, uh, something for somebody else in the family and not for them. And says, that's my money going out to them. Well, but but he's helping money. his other daughter for a reason yeah. because she was, you know, like and you said, a mom your, raising – yeah. It, it, and she needed the money. Yeah.
And it's not your money. It's your mom's money. That's right. It's not, this is the other one I thought that you'd like. See, I would never do that to my parents. And I, it, First off, you don't know the future. So maybe mom and dad have a nice nest egg built. Do they need it for assisted living? They may live another 10, 15 years. Well, that's a gentle discussion to have, too. And I just had it with a client of mine. Um, and, and I said, an easy way to do that. I said, I've updated my planning. Have you done yours? Is there something we should communicate to everybody? Do you need help? Are you spending too much? You know, you can you can say, I've done my planning. Can I help you with yours? Or should somebody be looking at It's yours? a good way to gently ease yeah. into it. This is the other one. And, and I, I, I know we're a little bit pressed for time, but so I won't go through the whole article. But, but this is not a market watch one. And what did he do with all the money? My dying husband cashed in his $700,000 life insurance policy and, and emptied his bank accounts. <laughs> and now she's left with nothing. Apparently they had tons of money. The, the, he was diagnosed with brain cancer in 2001. Um, but he died in 2016. So he lived another 15 years. 15 years. And during that time, he was aggressively giving away money. He, it was he, Apparently, she didn't have access to the money. And the, couldn't, me, the wife. The wife didn't have access to the money. That's dumped his, the wife. The, the, the wife, yeah. The wife, and then um, um, dumped the life insurance policy. Uh, they received a settlement for wrong treatment for... Um, uh, for his original biopsy, they got a $700,000 settlement, all gone. Um, and, and I think the, the response, this was rather gentle too, basically said the guy had a brain tumor. It could have affected his, his thinking and maybe should have stepped, you know, stepped in a little bit earlier and said, and, and maybe he wanted to do it anyway. But, um, um, you know, is there something that you know, as a, a spouse should know? Uh, maybe having uh, access to the accounts, you know, right away, because um, she apparently didn't have any access to any of the accounts through all of this, so she didn't know any of this was going on. Wow! But when you sense that there he might did be, it, he did all of this without telling his wife, without him, her, him telling her. Wow! Yeah, and uh, and all the money was gone. They said you can go get a forensic. Basically, a forensic CPA to help track down where the money went, see if there was any fraud involved, see if people were staying selling. But he said, bottom line is that the money's gone. Even if he found out where it went, you're not going to get it back. No, because he gave it away, and it was a lot. Right. It was over a million dollars? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's, what do we learn from this? Just do the planning. Make sure you have access. Talk about it constantly. Um, and if you suspect, especially if there are some health problems like that, make sure you're on board and see if you can get uh, 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 on the accounts. Um, make sure that you both have access to it. And the reason to come in, you know, like in our office, we encourage the spouse to come to the meetings so you know what they have. I think that's a great idea, yeah. Jeff. And maybe it's not the way it was done with the boomer generation right. growing up and their parents, but it just makes sense to involve both husband and wife and know where the account and numbers are. Yep, you bet. Uh, good stuff today. Uh, good and good horror stories. Thank you. <laughs> you like those? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, well, be well. You can learn from them too. So, yes. very constructive horror stories today. A quick break on the retirement clinic. Some final comments coming up after this on WISN and WIBA. We'll be right back. Respected websites and in front of all the same buyers. Don't overpay to sell your home. Visit redefinedrealty.com for details. It's easier to change the world than you think. Sponsor a child in extreme poverty with Compassion International, and you will change the world for that child. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 to sponsor right now. 
Only a half a minute left, Jeff. We can contact you by calling you. That's right, 262-522-4040. That's our international number. At, uh, 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 that number can be used everywhere. Uh, also, go on to kowalway.com. Uh, the Kowal, K-O-W-A-L, the kowalway.com. Um, go online, uh, request an appointment. If you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, uh, contact the Kowal Investment Group. That's the retirement clinic for this week on WISN and WIBA. Thanks for tuning in.